Welcome to Life, but this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Steve Lopez. Steve, are you ready to do this? I think I'm ready. All right, we will give it a shot. Steve is a longtime columnist for the Los Angeles Times. He's the recipient of more than a dozen National Journalism Awards. He's a Pulitzer Prize finalist, best-selling author of The Soloist. His newest book is Independence Day, What I Learned About Retirement from Some Who've Done It and Some Who Never Will. Steve, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to put pen to paper for the new book. Well, my personal life, I'm a California native, grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and um, <clears throat> didn't really know what to do with my life. And um, I remember a community college counselor uh, saying, OK, you're done here. What are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know. And she said, do you have any interest? And I said, I go to a lot of ball games and I kind of like to write. And she said, well, you should be a sports writer. That's what they do. So um, I got a journalism degree. Um, at San Jose State University about 150 years ago. And um, I was a sports writer briefly for like two years. And um, a, a job opportunity came up at the Oakland Tribune. It was it was night rewrite. It was sitting there waiting for a horrific story, a murder, uh, um, you know, a deadly accident, or go to a school board uh, meeting or a protest. And it was a great education. I decided I want to stick to news. So since that job at the Oakland Tribune, I've worked for six newspapers and also for Time and Time Magazine and Sports Illustrated. I landed in L.A. about 20 years ago to write a column, and I'm still doing it. And uh, I live uh, in Pasadena with my wife. We just dropped our daughter off at college, and that's my story. Well, congratulations on a daughter in college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little too old to have a daughter in college, but it's it's Okay. But life is a funny thing, right? Yeah. All right. And so as for the new book. Yeah. Okay. So um, a couple of years ago, um, I was giving some thought to retirement. Um, At the moment, at the moment right now, I'm um, almost 69. And so a couple of years ago, I was thinking, okay, um, do how long do I want to do this? Um, And... um, should I step away now to do some of the things that I always thought I'd want to do and never got around to it? So I've been in this business of, of journalism for 50 years, and I'm really, really lucky um, because I love the work. But I'm having some of the same health considerations that my parents had at the same age. And my big fear was and continues to be, what if I wait too long to retire and when I finally pull the cord, um, I don't remember my wife's name or I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in good enough shape to, to hike, uh, you know, the Himalayas or whatever it might be. And I thought maybe now is the time to think about what to do, how much longer to hang on. And um, my uh, book agent, David Black, said, well, that's that's a, that's probably a book. And I said, why is that a book? Why would any? He said, you take a year. You interview people to figure out what you're going to do and then write a book about it. And I said, why would anybody care why, when or whether I would retire um, outside of a few loyal readers? And he said, um, because everybody is talking about this. Um, the sandwich generation is talking about how to help their parents through this right now. And people my age are thinking about, well, if I do it, am I going to be financially secure enough to enjoy the things I always thought I wanted to do. Um, and how do you how do you handle the identity part of it? 
My job for most of my half century career has been quasi public. You know, as a general interest columnist, I'm supposed to weigh in on the issues of the day. It's kind of like a running conversation with with L.A., uh, the way I had it in Oakland and the way I had it in Philadelphia. And you're kind of required to be engaged and you're uh, inspired by the people who do engage and give you their ideas and their hopes, their dreams, their fears. Um, lately, a lot of complaints. Um, and, I, and I'm just wondering, and the book really explores, who am I when I walk away? Um, and have I, have I, you know, maybe idealized um, that, that those long walks on the beach or taking up, um, you know, um, um, you know, flamenco or whatever it is I think I've wanted to do. And, you know, some of the people that I interviewed said um, um, they had good advice. Like um, I, most of the people in the book are ordinary people. But I, w I also interviewed two guys in their 90s who are still hard at work. One is Mel Brooks and one is Norman Lear, who um, I think most people know has has produced you know, some of the, the greatest, most successful uh, television comedies and also a lot of movies, they're in their 90s and they're still working. And, um, you know, they asked me, well, as a writer, how long do you think it is that you're going to be in Barcelona studying, you know, um, language and cooking and music before you want to write about it? Before you want to call your old boss and say, hey, I could do a travel piece or before you think it's a book. So their argument was, Given what I do, it's kind of a curse, and I'm always going to want to do it in some form. So maybe what I needed to think about, rather than just jump out of that plane and you know never look back, what kind of hybrid models are there? And I think we're in a time right now when there are a lot of hybrid models and a lot of opportunities for people to try new things, to consider flex time, to maybe decide they don't like retirement and go back to work in some form. So the book explores all of those things. How long did it take you to write? Well, it was it was set up so that I began on July 4th um, and I as I began writing, the idea was completed on the next July 4th. And it was a one year kind of a deadline to give the book a TikTok element. I got to figure this out. And when I started writing on the first July 4th, I emailed my book agent and I said, what about if we call it Independence Day? Um, here I am, the fireworks are exploding all around me in my backyard in L.A., and I'm writing about, you know, that day when uh, when you're free. But what does freedom even mean? So um, it took one year to write and then, you know, a couple months with the edits. And here we are um, ready to roll. Love it. Did it work out the way you expected? Well, you know what? Um, Throughout the course of the year, um, I took a couple of turns. Um, I, I would say that I began not really knowing um, how it would end and not sure that I knew how I wanted it to end. Um, I was just open to listening to people and really sorting out the advice I got. You know, I met with a rabbi. I met with a priest. Um, I talked to people who were happily retired, miserably retired never going to retire, couldn't wait to retire. And um, halfway through, uh, which would have been January, I really wasn't sure. And then something happened that began to turn me. Um, and it turned me in more than one direction. 
Um, I got an email as I was going to bed one night from somebody telling me that uh, a friend had died, a friend of mine. Um, he had been a longtime city official in Los Angeles, and the email said, um, cardiac arrest, um, paramedics went to his house, it was too late, and he's gone. And Tom is his name, and Tom is was just about exactly my age. And Tom had stopped working four or five years earlier. Um, and I thought, geez, he retired. That's what I fear is retiring and not getting enough time to do all of these things I want to do, which I would like to think will take longer than four years if I'm in good enough shape. So when I got that news, um, my first thought was, I got to quit today. I got to call in tomorrow and say I'm done and go and do these things rather than wait too long and never be able to. And the more I thought about it, um, Tom was somebody who even more than myself, his identity was wrapped up in his work. He was an elected official. He was a problem solver. He had done it for, you know, nearly half a century. And he didn't really find another way forward after leaving. So I went from thinking I've got to quit to who am I going to be? And am I going to have those same problems reinventing myself, feeling engaged, relevant, feeling like I matter? One of my muses in this book is Nancy Schlossberg in her 90s in Florida, somebody who has studied transition. And, um, you know, she said, you you got to have a plan. You can't just walk away thinking you're going to handle it. And um, so I went from thinking within a matter of a month or two that I was definitely going to retire to um, I couldn't imagine myself completely retired. So then I started thinking in the next six months about what kind of model is there for uh, some kind of a hybrid, um, you know, notion of work. I appreciate that. Those are these are big things to be grappling with. You know, it's um, and I don't and I don't know that you're ever done grappling with them. Mm. I am, as we speak, I am one year into this. I'm one year into my what I decided was to go hybrid to cut back, um, and so that I could, um, as as Mel Brooks had advised me. So you like work, right? And I said, yeah, I like it. He said, but you like the idea of going somewhere for six months at a time. I said, yeah. He said, then go to the editor of the LA Times and say, I like this and want to keep doing it but not so much. And so the deal I worked out was, you know, to, to have three months off with the possibility of after a year, maybe taking six months off and then maybe taking even more time off and kind of, um, you know, small steps into full retirement. But, you know, I've also liked writing books and, um, you know, I might want to uh, do what a lot of people do, which is to, I don't know, pick a cause that you like and volunteer or serve on the board. Um, um, so there are so many options that I continue to consider even a year after I made up my mind about what I wanted to do. Um, in some ways, I'm still making up my mind about what next. And um, I don't have all the answers, but that was something that Nancy Schlossberg told me. She said, you'll, you'll never have it entirely figured out. It's kind of an evolving, um, you know, idea of figuring out what to do now and what to do tomorrow. Norman Lear um, was quite the philosopher. And um, he's, what is he? He just turned 100 years old. 
And um, when I when I talked to him, he was so busy with work, it was hard to schedule the time with him. And what he his advice was, this sounds maybe a little bit too obvious or, um, um, you know, I don't want to use the word with me, but he said, live in the moment. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm trying to make a decision about what to do with all of the moments that are left. How do you live in the moment? And he said he likes to think of it as these two words govern his daily activities, over and next. And he said, what you did yesterday, last year, really is done. It doesn't matter for much. And it's all about what's next. And your life, imagine yourself swinging in a hammock between what's over and what's next. And if you wake up in the morning, as Norman Lear does, and are motivated to get to the computer to begin refining this idea you have about the story behind a sitcom that you're pitching or a movie, um, then you get up and you do it. So why why worry yourself with trying to figure out the rest of your life rather than just keep following motivation, inspiration, instinct, and uh, just get through each day and then then start over. So, I mean, in some ways, that was pretty good advice. A lot of wisdom. In terms of of your career, your 50 years of, of being a journalist, of being a writer, was that a did did you write every day and is that a muscle that you you if, if you stop using it that you're worried will atrophy um i never wrote every day but i would say that every day for 50 years i've thought about what i'm going to write next um it's like there's no vacation from the pressure of coming up with something with trying to keep readers guessing with trying to deliver and that was something that I examined in the book. Um, you know, I might not have a column in the paper for three, four, or five days, and people would get the idea that I'm not working those days. I'm working just as hard as on the days that I'm that I'm writing and getting something published in the paper. And I started to think that exactly what you just suggested—that my mind was um, automatic and didn't know what a break was—and early on in the book. We took our first pandemic vacation, my wife and daughter and I. Um, we went a couple hours south to a little seaside community. And we weren't there more than a few hours before I saw something and I thought, hey, that's a column. And <laughs> I emailed my editor who said, you are allowed to take vacations. And I, 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 I said, but this, this could be really good. I mean, this is something I've been writing about. And I don't know. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll try to call this doctor who had a blog post about uh, COVID and about precautions. Um, and if he's available, then I'll run over and interview him. And she said, you're on vacation. You're on vacation. And I said, but if he doesn't answer, if he doesn't return the call, then I'll just enjoy the rest of the vacation. All I could think about was getting hold of that doctor. And um, I ended up interviewing the doctor, interviewing the mayor of this town, couldn't wait to get back and begin working on that column. And when I was done, I thought this, this may be my fate. This may be um, my trap that I'll, I'll always see things that interest me and always want to go and, and, you know, act on 
those ideas. And I wonder if I'm capable of ever retiring. Um, and even when I'm no longer writing a regular column, am I going to be retired in my mind? Or am I going to be kind of tormented by <laughs> all of these things I see and be tempted to run back to the nearest laptop and start start writing? Um, and those are those are questions that I don't yet have the answers to. I guess when I move more into a leisure, leisurely kind of phase, um, I'll, I'll, I'll find out who I am in that regard. But I don't know that we've got to have it all figured out. And it's nice to ho- still have surprises and some variety, right? Amen. <laughs> so when somebody picks up the book, what are you hoping that they get out of it? I hope that they, um, uh, first of all, I hope that they think about, um, I hope that they they make sure not to do this kind of willy-nilly. I I hope that they think about um, whether their their ideal um, retirement activities and routines align with their financial um, um, resources. Um, Because um, there's a chapter in the book about a gentleman who was retired and prepared to travel the world. Um, he lost some of his investments in a crash. He was diagnosed with cancer, um, and he ended up um, in his mid-70s working as a checker at a big box discount store. So um, people, this maybe sounds pretty obvious, but you got to make sure that you um, have done the, the right financial planning. Um, You have to, I think, consider the possibility that all of your relationships will change, that your relationship with your your children, with your mate, with um, your colleagues, your former colleagues, your relationship to the world around you and to the issues that you care about will change because you're going to be in a new role. And you can't imagine how all of that will work out but it's not a bad idea to start um, thinking about those things. And the rabbi, uh, Naomi Levy, gave me some really good advice. She said, if you think you're going to retire and, and take cooking classes and guitar lessons um, and, and get fluent in Spanish, um, you may find that you're not built for any of that, that you're built for structure. So you either need to have those things very structured in your retirement plans Or better yet, if you're going to cut back to part-time, begin to experience them now so that you know it's really something that you need more time for to to pursue. And so I've been doing that. I've been playing the guitar for an hour every day with some of my added leisure time to make sure that's something I want to pursue. And I found out that I really, really love that time and want more time to study music. Um, So those those are good tips for people. And I hope that um, I hope that although I can't tell anybody uh, when retirement time is right, um, that the book is a bit of a roadmap. It's it's what kinds of decisions do you need to consider about? I think maybe the one the most important one is um, how are you going to matter? We all want to matter. It could be to your cat. It could be to your grandchild. It could be to the board that that needs your input because you're bringing some expertise to the next meeting of the nonprofit um, administration. 
But I think you need to find ways to matter so that you don't make the mistake of um, doing little more than sitting on the sofa watching ads um, for um, geriatric medications. Well, I think that that's really well said right there. Love it. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get a copy of Independence Day? What I learned about retirement from some who've done it, and some who never will. Um, I uh, I can be reached on uh, Twitter at, at LAT Steve Lopez. Um, anybody with questions about retirement or stories about retirement, please email me at steve.lopez at latimes.com. Um, the book is now, um, you can find it uh, for pre-order at Amazon, um, or you can check your local bookstore because they always need the support. Um, and um, I um, am also getting going now with um, freshening up my Facebook and Instagram um, pages so that I've got a little more of a social media game here, um, which is a little more difficult maybe for people like me as they approach 70. but. Come on, I've got to pretend I'm, I'm still uh, one of the youngins and I can I can move with the rest of them. That's right. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of Independence Day uh, wherever you buy your books or you can go to Amazon and pre-order it. You can find Steve on Twitter. You can shoot him an email, Facebook and Instagram. I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And until next time, fighting the good fight, we are all in this together.